Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Bears Illustrated Podcast. I'm Garrett Ross. He's Pernay Malapati. And man, first off, it's been a busy week. A lot of things have been going on regarding Baylor. Uh, you had a, multiple players going on in the WNBA draft. Uh, there's a lot of new things, new elements going on on campus. And it, we're going to dive into that. But first off, man, how you doing? How you doing, Pernay? I'm doing well, man. I lost my phone this weekend, but I just got a replacement. So we're doing better. That is terrible. I dude, I've I've lost my phone. Well, I'm really bad about losing my wallet. I lost my wallet in San Francisco one time and I had oh, to man. get like checked by the TSA to get back on. It was a miserable situation. But anytime you, you lose get checked by the TSA. Bro, yeah. Like <laughs> it was a whole fiasco. <laughs> That's brutal. <laughs> it was. So I I know I know that pain there, but so Obviously, when you see you see the NBA draft coming on, we knew Nalissa was going to go high, right? Like either number yeah. one, number two. That's not really surprising. Uh, she goes number two to Indiana. What were your overall thoughts on that take? Uh, do you like her situation going there? Yeah, I like her situation going there. Um, she feels motivated now that she felt it too. She said that she feels slept on, even though I don't think number two is actually is exactly being slept on. Right, but. The Atlanta dream at number one is a good guard, and she's a forward, so it makes sense. Um, but I think she'll be successful. Nikki Nikki Collins said that she thinks Nolissa's game translates immediately to the WNBA, and her ceiling is very high. And as a former WNBA coach, I think that uh, the future looks good for Nolissa Smith. So was it was it just ironic? Like, did it cross your mind seeing Atlanta first on the board? And Atlanta didn't take none of them, dude. Like, <laughs> is that animosity towards Nikki? Or, well, that was, like, I'm a conspiracy theory to the wall, bro. And when I saw that, I was like, man, there's something to that. No, I mean, Queen Agbo and Jordan Lewis weren't going number one overall. So it was really just... Melissa Smith that could have gone, and I guess they went with the guard. How cool is that, though, man? To to you know, you for Queen and Melissa, we we know everything they've gone through here. That the, I mean, from coaching turnovers to heartbreak against Connecticut, you know, there was so much, and really heartbreak this year. That that's, might have been even worse than the loss to the to Connecticut. But how cool is that for them to be able to continue their career on the same team? It really and just share that experience in general. No, yeah, I think they'll they'll both really enjoy it. I think it's it's great for both of them. And I think it's especially great for Queen, actually, because she was the fourth pick for the Fever in this draft, even though she went at 10 overall. 
And in the WNBA, like she probably would have to fight for a roster spot. And I think that that chemistry with Melissa Smith might help her get a roster spot. What are your thoughts on Jordan? I mean, you know, she's she was really talented. She had a good year. Uh, she ends up in a good situation to me in Connecticut. Uh, what are your overall thoughts about her and what she could do at the next level? Um, as a second round pick, obviously, again, it's going to be really hard to to get that roster spot. But she has. She has the ability to do it. She's she's just going to have to show that she can be a consistent scorer and a consistent contributor. I think she can be solid. Even if she doesn't make the Sun team, she can catch on somewhere and show her ability. What are your, What's your take on her? I, I feel the same way. I think that once you once she gets in a system, uh, it's probably going to take a couple of years to to make that transition to you know professional ball. You you obviously and the crazy thing for all these girls and and really all women basketball players in general you're going from such a great situation in college like you're you got meals you're flying chartered a lot of the time or not chartered necessarily but you're flying you know you're playing in great facilities you go to the WNBA man and it's like taking a step back into the juco or something and I think that's going to be something that well all players have to deal with it but when you come from Baylor um I think that the the amenities, the facilities, everything that Baylor has, especially on the women's side, is a lot better than a lot of schools, a lot of programs. So that's going to be something that all of them are going to have to transition with. And you also got to think about you're playing more games, uh, the travel aspect of, of like I said, you're, you're a lot of the times you're flying regular or you got to come up with your own money. So that's always a, a big hurdle. Uh, but I think that what they've taken, not necessarily just from the basketball aspect, but being molded as women, uh, will help them in this transition in the next stage of their lives. That's true. That's a good point. It's definitely going to be an adjustment going from everything they get at Baylor to the WNBA, which ironically, they probably won't get as many amenities at. Um, but a lot of players have to make the transition, so I think they'll be able to do it, and it'll come down to their on-court game. So what I, what I really need to know now, though, is have you ordered their jerseys yet for the pro, but have you come back to your alma mater? I know you're up in New York, but have you hit up, like, the Baylor store online and got what you one of those Eggbo jerseys or one of these new Baylor jerseys <laughs> they're selling? No, I, I haven't. I actually don't have any any Baylor student jerseys, like student-athlete jerseys. I just have, like, the, the program yeah. shirts and stuff. Well, now you're gonna have to get them. I, I, look, that's one of the cool things with the NIL. You know, a lot of the times you would see the jerseys in college, and you would know the number, but you know, and you know who it is. But now you have an opportunity. You see ten, oh, it's Flagler on the back. We're running with it. Like you know, it, it's pretty cool aspect, and it's 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 part of the new transition, not just for Baylor, but across the board with the NIL. And Baylor has another unique thing going on right now. And we had, I was talking with Mac Rhodes uh, earlier and we'll catch up with him in the, the segment three. Uh, but one of the things he was talking about was the grades and how, how important he was talking about how so many of these student athletes are averaging like three plus to 4.0 in their classroom. And one of the cool things that goes with that is it, it's, you know, it, it kind of reminds me because they're having an incentive with it. You remember being a kid and like you're in school and they want you to do something and they throw like some candy at you and they motivate you real quick <laughs> to go and So you do it. You get your Absolutely. Friends. Dude. So uh, to me, that's what Baylor's kind of doing with this, with their athletes. So they have a program in place where, 
Uh, Baylor student athletes will be eligible to receive $5,980 per academic year beginning in the fall of 2022 by meeting cer- certain academic requirements. Um, and this is a thing that's going to come out in two payments. They'll be split into the fall, uh, into the fall and the spring. But dude, talk about um, like we hear all the time. Like it's more so in high school, but student athlete, right? Like, and a lot of the time that gets skewed uh, in the mist. But Baylor does a good job, and obviously you have to. The academic standards at Baylor are you know up there regardless. Uh, but when you're coming in as an athlete and you're doing the travel and you have so many outside factors going on and you're able to keep your grades up. Plus, you know, yo, if I hit this, I'm going to get paid. Dude, that's amazing. Yeah, I think it's great that they're starting this program. The NCAA is allowing academic financial incentives and not every school is taking them up on it. But, but I'm glad that Baylor is because most college athletes obviously don't make it to the pros. So it's important to incentivize athletes to focus on their academics. They can set themselves up for success after college. Um, and it just adds to the culture of these Baylor, Baylor athletic programs, which emphasize helping the athletes develop as people, not just winning games and helping them develop as players. And I think part of helping them develop as people is, setting, is helping them set themselves up for success after after college and have a have a good career moving forward so this is definitely great for that i also think it's a good way like with smaller private schools obviously you're not going to have you would well everything's off the record so i technically don't know but you assume they're not going to have like the same funds as a state school who's getting all this money flooded into them so where when you're at a disadvantage from an nil perspective of of having boosters be able to set up these companies and you know feed your athletes money you can spend and take your your what works best for you from the academic standpoint and that's how you can service your athletes. And I think that's one of the unique ways that Baylor can kind of counter it on a recruiting trail. Like say, you know, and obviously they're, the players individual can have an opportunity to create their NIL opportunities. But if you say, if you have a plan in place and people can see if I can, if I can be successful in the classroom, I can get paid for. I think that's just a great incentive and a way to kind of take advantage of a, of a situation where they're kind of in a disadvantage, if that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. It's definitely helpful because obviously failure just doesn't have the number of boosters and the number of alumni that can help with these NIL deals as schools like a UT or an A&M or um, other schools like that. So this is just a small piece that can help there and potentially bring in recruits. Well, one alumni who might be able to help Baylor out financially in a few years is Jalen Petrie. Uh, Jalen's uh, obviously a lot of uh, NFL teams are looking at drafting him high. Uh, it, we know what kind of talented player he is, but you were able to uh, catch up with Daniel Kelly from Sports Illustrated. Uh, he covers the Lions, and he has a unique article out right now about how Jalen could change the aspect of the Lions organization. Tell us a little bit about how you found this article. Yeah, it's funny. One of my friends actually texted me the article, like, look at this dude saying that Jalen Petrie is going to be the best safety in the NFL draft. And I read it, and I saw that the guy who wrote it, Daniel Kelly, not only is he a Sports Illustrated writer, but he used to be an NFL scout for four years. So I thought it would be cool to, to reach out to him and have him on and ask him what it is that makes him think Jalen Petrie is the best safety in the draft. So we'll, we'll catch up with him here in a bit. 
Yeah, and look, it's coming up next. We're going to be joined by Daniel Kelly, and we'll see firsthand what he saw in Jalen and what makes him think so highly of the Baylor prospect. That's coming up here next on the Bears Illustrated Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back into the Bears Illustrated Podcast. And as promised, we're joined now by Daniel Kelly. He covers the Detroit Lions for Sports Illustrated. And Daniel, how you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing really well tonight, Garrett. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I appreciate you jumping on with us. And so you have a really interesting article out right now regarding Jalen Petrie and how the addition of him could really change the culture of the Detroit Lions. And I guess my first thought is, what when was the first time Jalen caught your eye and what was it about him? Well, it's just when I was doing the article, I had been assigned uh, to take a look at him. And uh, the thing that always stands out to me most, being a former NFL scout, is is, is the want, is the desire uh, to make plays. And I can't tell you how many guys in the NFL are just kind of out there playing touch tag. And sometimes they want to play and sometimes they don't. And it's kind of up to them. And, and but, but Petrie is a guy that just... He's got that piranha mentality that, that a defensive coordinator would love at the NFL, a guy who's always looking to be involved, a guy that's always around the ball, a guy who's always looking to make plays. And that's the name of the game is being a playmaker, being a dynamic guy that can get in there and, and make the plays. I mean, covering the Detroit Lions for the last you know almost three years now, uh, the safety position has been the absolute Achilles heel of the Detroit Lions. I mean, it's almost like they're playing with nine guys out there on defense most of the time. And, uh, you know, they're just, they can't provide help over the top. They, 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 they're reluctant and tended to come up, you know, downhill on the run support. It's just been a huge headache for Detroit and the reason why they've ranked so poorly. Daniel, so I want to, I want to read a quote from your article. Um, yes, he said, he said, Jalen Petrie makes Kyle Hamilton come out of a, like he looked like he came out of a gumball machine. <laughs> right now, Kyle Hamilton's considered consensus the best safety in the draft. So in your mind, what is it that puts Jalen Petrie over Hamilton? His heart, his desire. Um, you know, Hamilton's got the measurables and everything, but, you know, this isn't the Olympics. Uh, this isn't about just athletic ability. This is about guys that, that you know, and Bill Parcells, the guy that hired me, you know, he talked about, um, you know, one of the critical factors of scouting is, is football important to him? That was one of Parcells' critical questions uh, and factors of scouting. And, and when I look at Kyle Hamilton, yes, Hamilton has the range. Yes, he has has the length that you want in a safety. He has a lot of the measurables, but there was just too many plays where Hamilton took his foot off the gas, coasted, active plays, running plays, gave up. You don't see that in Petrie at all. And really, I mean, there used to be a commercial years ago in the NFL that said the biggest muscle in the body is the heart, NFL commercial. And when I look at Jalen Petrie, he's got a lot more heart than Kyle Hamilton does, in my opinion. You can have the heart, right? Like, you can have the heart, you can have the intangibles, but to have the whole trifecta, the holy trinity, if you will, the football IQ, Jalen has that as well. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. It, show, it shows up. I mean, his instincts, uh, I mean, I mean, he plays safety like, like he has ball skills like a corner. And, and so that football IQ, the read plays and, and, and put himself in position to make plays. He's a very intelligent football player who definitely looks to your point, Garrett. It looks like he knows what he's doing out there and what he's anticipating. I mean, for him to make that those many plays on the balls he has at Baylor just kind of just screams that to your point that he definitely has a very high football IQ for sure. So Jones is a guy who plays a lot of different positions in the defense. He can play in the box. He can play a slot corner. He, he plays over the top a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. If he were to go to the Lions, where do you see him playing most and being most successful? Uh, probably all 11 positions. He'd <laughs> 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 take over the whole, the whole team. It'd just be a one-man show. No, I'm just playing. Um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, I think it would be really cool for, for Aaron Glenn as a defense coordinator with the Detroit Lions uh, because uh, Jalen Petrie is kind of like that cool toy, you know, with all God's kids, you know, on Christmas morning where it's like like a transformer or something like, you know, something they can do, you know, somebody who can do all these different things. Yeah, there you go. And, and I mean, you can bring him down. I mean, you, there's so many things, and I think this is one of the most intriguing things about Petrie, is there's so many different things you can do with him schematically from a game planning standpoint. You, I mean, like to your point, uh, uh, Pranay, you can bring him down in the box. Um, you know, you can kind of show blitz with him. I mean, this is a guy that doesn't play, play you know, like, like he can get to the quarterback. This is a guy that's like a torpedo. This guy, as we all know, can get to the quarterback. So when you bring him down in the box, quarterback reading pre-snap and they kind of look at this and they say okay what's he going to do is he going to you know be down in the, in the box here is he going to blitz what's it could he's going to check out of it and go and roll back in the, in the coverage what's he going to do and so i think he just adds another dimension that would add another dimension to your question for the detroit lions for aaron glenn to be able to really schematically disguise things a lot better and by doing so cover up a lot of those deficiencies he's dealing with on that defense do you think, like with that being said, do you think essentially he could come into Detroit and be for the Lions what Michael Parsons was for the Cowboys last year? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, he's a he's a dynamic, game-changing player who's, as I said in the article, is my early pick for, you know, defensive rookie of the year type of player. I mean, he's just a dynamic guy. My, my mentor who taught me a lot about scouting over the last 25 years, was the director himself for the league in years, uh, for years rather. He, he, you know, he said, Danny, he, he called me Danny, got away with it. Oh, my mom calls me that. <laughs> <laughs> but but he, he, said, he said, Danny, hey, stick with the dynamic ones. So to your point, Garrett, he is that type of guy that can come in and he just changed the culture. We hear so much talk in the NFL about changing a culture. What does that mean? Well, it means you bring in football players that are dynamic players who are infectious players who want to play players who desire to make play players. And these type of guys, you know, they get everybody's, you know, ele- you know, they're, 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 you know, how they play elevated, mm-hmm. uh, their, their limits elevate everything. So I think to your point, I think he could have that kind of impact where everybody's just kind of infectious. Everybody just kind of rallies around him. And I mean, Detroit hasn't had a defensive player like this, uh, you know, since I've been alive. I mean, it's it just, I mean, I, I haven't seen anybody like this. I mean, you know, sure there's, you know, Chris, Spielman pops in my head and Jerry Ball and guys like that. Yeah. But I mean, let's not kid ourselves. I mean, this is a dynamic football player that's all over the field and just a joy to watch. One of the very few players that I, I mean, I, that some guys just excite me and Petrie excited me while I watched him. Definitely, Garrett. Is there a current or former NFL player that you would compare him to? 
You know, it's funny you mentioned that. Um, I was talking to my wife, Samantha. She likes football, too. And uh, not as much as I do, of course. But, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, she's a Cowboys fan. And, and so we talked a little bit about uh, back in 2019. I looked at uh, the uh, safety number 24, I think it was Xavier Woods. I had a big season for Dallas that year. You know, just a guy that's all over the field. But I'm not too sure there's really a player that he reminds me of that fit into that box exactly, per name because mm-hmm. he's, he's kind of – like one that is really the first player I've seen in 40 years of being around the game that that actually looks like a safety, a corner, and a linebacker all rolled into one. What where do you think right now? Like obviously there's going to be room for improvement, but when he comes into the league, he gets into a system. What are some of the areas that you see that he needs to develop? Well, I think really just rolling back into the safety position itself. I mean, he spent so much time down in the box and so much time against the slot receiver and that, that just kind of drifting back into that single high look or that deeper safety look will be something that would definitely be a little bit of an adjustment to it for him, I think, because at Baylor, he, he, just, he didn't do a lot of that in the film I, I watched. Right. Do you have, uh, like, is there an amount of, draft capital you think the lions trade up it should trade to go up and draft jalen petrie in the first round yeah i think so i think they gotta do whatever it takes to bring in a guy like that uh the move up from 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 the 32 spot you know if they're serious about getting better on on defense um you know i mean it could be you know it could be a, a you know the, the 32nd spot it could be a you know second and third pick whatever it really takes i think that they have to get somebody in there um at number two i have detroit slated going with um, malik willis the quarterback uh liberty i think he's a game-changing difference maker in offense i think if they were able to go out and get jalen petrie and move up as you're saying for name and this in you know from the 32 spot into the teams i think that'd be a real win for detroit to walk away with those two players in the first round of the draft so i mean i guess with that there's no trust in jared goff right at this point None no. whatsoever. <laughs> I, look, I don't blame you. Yeah. And that, look, I, <laughs> it was just kind of curious because I was thinking about, like, what are the other needs, you know, that, that the Lions have? And I know quarterback, but I wasn't sure that they would make that move this year. I, I think they have to. I think if Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell are going to survive another, you know, Black Monday, I, I think that, you know, when they get all get fired in the NFL, <laughs> I think they're going to have to do something like that because – they have to bring in, I mean, that's kind of the formula I've seen in the NFL throughout the years is that, you know, if you're a GM of a struggling team, you know, go get yourself a quarterback. I think we've seen that with other teams throughout the years, you know, so you can at least sell hope right now. Detroit's hemorrhaging and the ticket sales, uh, you know, there's really, I mean, watching Detroit's offense, it's like watching paint dry. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's really tough out there. They're, you know, I think they're, you know, two of their four top receivers are a tight end or running back. Uh, you know, Mont Ross St. Brown is like the main attraction. You know, he's a fourth round guy that had a good season on USC, but there's really, they don't really have a true number one receiver. They don't really have a, you know, I mean, Hawkinson obviously is a Pro Bowl type talent himself, but outside of that, they got to do something, you know, to bring in, you know, somebody, another season of golf is going to get Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes fired. And, and so they got to do something you know, dynamic really that changed that culture. And, and that's really what the first round is about. If, how I look at it is you got to, you know, figure out, okay, what, which guy or which guys if you have multiple picks can come in here and move the meter the most. And, and to me, that's Willis and Petrie. I mean, those guys would just be, you know, it's almost like they could, they could throw a parade if they got those two guys in the first round, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> that's nice. As you mentioned, Lions defensive coordinator is Aaron Glenn, and he's a former cornerback and a former defensive backs coach in the NFL. 
do you think that would be helpful for Jalen Petrie to, to adjust to the NFL and, and grow? Absolutely, uh, Brene. I, I think so because, I mean, uh, when I was with the Jets, Aaron Glenn actually played uh, for the Jets. I was out there with him. And I uh, was there with uh, Bill Belichick, who was the defense coordinator at the time on our staff. And Aaron was always one of these guys. It was like having another coach on the field, even when he played. Um, he was that intelligent, and he just showed that moxie and that ability to, to do things. I mean, Belichick won't let anybody on the field unless they're well-versed in, in everything. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and, so, and so Aaron was really, really intelligent even back then. And then moving, and I think that's why he's moved into the coaching so quickly and up the ranks. I, I wouldn't be a bit surprised to see Aaron Glenn's named as a head coaching candidate with the next year or two, um, you know, because he just has that ability to, to, and, and I think last year, what was kind of cool in Detroit uh, to your, to your point, Brene was, you know, looking, I think they were like ranked 31 or 32 the season before their secondary on team rankings. It was near the bottom. Let's put it that way. And, and Aaron Glenn was able to come in there and take the existing talent level because Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell did next, to nothing to to really address that secondary, if you will. Um, you know, coming in there, so I mean, they brought in like a, a you know Dean Marlowe or something, some you know from free agent from Buffalo or something, but they didn't do a whole lot to address that secondary. And and just to see, I think they moved up to like number twenty three or something. It doesn't sound like a significant jump but it but i think it is and and he was able to get a lot more um you know a lot more from those guys um i think that there was a lot of development shown by amani awarie uh for example with with aaron glenn there i think that everybody kind of played better um as a unit with aaron glenn there uh especially in the secondary and he was able to bring some of that that bill Belichick, you know some of that stuff some of that Parcells stuff that he learned in the Detroit where Dan Campbell, of course, Parcells is Campbell's mentor. So it all kind of flowed together, fit together like a nice puzzle. But I absolutely, to your point, I think that he did a, a great job and maximized that talent level they have in Detroit. Daniel, last thing I have for you, man, uh, as a former scout, when you certain coaches have reputation, like you're talking about uh, Parcells. I mean, the reputation comes with that. When you look at Dave Aranda, to me, he's got a guy who's built up a reputation as a guy that not only is going to get that talent, but he's going to produce that talent and he's going to have it ready once they go to the NFL. When you see a guy with that type of track record, does that make the players he puts out grab the attention of coaches saying, we know what we're going to get coming from this man? Absolutely. That's a huge part of it. I mean, to, to your point there, Gary, I mean, a big part of this is relationships, uh, the relationships the front office and scouts have with coaches and stuff. So they're able to pick up a phone and, and they know what they're getting in a guy. Uh, that goes a long ways because it is a huge adjustment, as we all know, going from college to the NFL. So any type of question mark somebody may have in the NFL front office or from a, from a coaching standpoint, be able to kind of see like, you know, hey, yeah, this guy knows what we expect. This guy is prepared and this guy you know has got him, got him ready to play here um you know i think a lot a lot can be said for that and i think there's a tremendous value in that to your point building off that are there any other baylor guys in this draft that catch your eye or that you see having a successful nfl career that's a great question not that i've seen yet <laughs> and, and, and that's not because there's not it's just because there's not enough hours in a day to look at everybody it's it's uh i mean it's, it's been yeah, it's it's been six months, uh, Brene. Uh, I, I should have started the day after the draft last year, but I took the summer and kind of lollygagged a little bit. Um, and we're still writing, you know, six, seven articles a week. That's my vacation time. Uh, but, um, you know, I, I think that, you know, just the last six months, it's taken me just to round off my first round mock. I mean, it's 15 hours a day, um, you know, watching yeah, film, no. grinding film. 
and, and be able to find guys. I know there's a lot of talented players out there, and there's probably players on Baylor that can you know play at a high level and do really well. But not that I've seen the answer to your question. It's just it's just there. That, that's why scouts have 13, 14, 17 <laughs> scouts, and there's just there's just one of me. <laughs> there. Well, if I could give you a rec, a guy that I'm really high on is Taekwon Thornton. I'd love to love to hear what you think about him if you have some time to watch his film. Absolutely. Um, Thank you. But uh, last question that I have, what's the ceiling for Jalen Petrie? Do you see a potential future all pro? Absolutely. Yeah, I think I think this guy can take over the league, um, you know, as far as from the safety position. I, I just love I mean, with, with his his size and his speed and combination, if, if he gets into the right situation with the right defensive coordinator, likes to move. Because right? like, it's like Micah Parsons, right? Parsons isn't yep. just one position player. Uh, they moved him around. They let him freelance and them kind of do his thing. If he is he he gets into a system like that where somebody understands what they have. I mean, this guy, I think he was clocked at four, four, six, uh, five, 11, 198. I mean, he hits like a freight train. He covers like a corner. I mean, he can roam. Um, you know, I think this guy's going to be really super exciting. And I, and I really dare to say that he's going to be kind of like a kind of a new protege, like a almost like, you know, like, like these, you know, talk about Debo Samuel being a, a thing called a wide back, you know, kind of a new name for a position. Um, you know, I don't know what this is like, like a, like a safety backer or like, a, yeah. <laughs> you know, something like that, but, but, but he's, Hey, the sky's the limit. And I, I think he's going to be just so excited to get into the NFL. I mean, the way he plays is just, I mean, it's every single play. It's a high aggression level, which I know you guys have seen and be able to bring that into an NFL team and put that into a culture and just build a winning culture off that. I'm super excited for this guy. You know, I, I don't think he, he gets out of the uh, the teams at all. I still I still really like him. I know there's a trade between the Philadelphia and the Saints. I still really, I, I it's funny because sometimes I get like a vision of where these guys are going to end up when I'm watching the games. It doesn't always come true. Right. Uh, but like last year, I got this vision like Matt Jones, New England Patriots. I just couldn't get out of my head. Match made in heaven. And, and, yeah, 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 and 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 it's like it's like with Petrie. I just keep seeing Philadelphia Eagles. That's that's. Hey, I'm, I'm an Eagles fan, so I love to hear that. I hope, hey, I hope there the you Eagles go. <laughs> oh, there you man. go. There you go. Hey, I, I tell you what, I know the right things to say, right? <laughs> there you go. That's funny. But, but how, about, how about you, Garrett? Garrett, I'm a Giants fan. Are you not Look, happy about that? All right. So here's or? the thing. I I grew up in a household where it was either Oilers or at the time Redskins. In the heart oh, yeah. of Texas, man, I'm talking it was Oilers or it was Redskins. And the Oilers bolted, obviously, to Tennessee. And so I stuck with Washington. I had to jump off that wagon the past couple of years. I just it's it's such a disaster up there, man. So as an LSU fan, I'm just cheering for the guys coming in the league. You know, you got Joey B, you got Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. It, the list goes on and on. So right now I'm just uh, kind of rolling with the players. That's interesting. I grew up a huge fanatical Redskins fan. Uh, matter of fact, I could tell uh, Brene one of my, my worst memories ever was the uh, body bags game. Oh, yeah. Brian Mitchell was playing quarterback at the end of the game. I think that they were carrying guys off in stretchers on the ambulance, which is so the, the team bus was replaced by an ambulance. So I, right. I remember those games well. Yeah. <laughs> That's absolutely. funny. Daniel, uh, we appreciate it, man. Tell us, uh, tell everybody where they can find your work and where they can find you on social media 
Absolutely. Uh, if you type in on Google, Daniel Kelly, New York Jets, NFL scout, anything like that, pages of stuff come up. I'm on Twitter at Daniel Kelly book. Um, my, my book, whatever it takes is available wherever books are sold uh, online. It's, it's whatever it takes book.com um, is the website. Uh, so uh, Facebook, anywhere you look for football, you'll generally see me. I, I write for SI Lions, SI Jets and SI 49ers as well now too. So I'm all over the place. If, if you miss me, it's because you're not looking for me type of thing so <laughs> <laughs> awesome man daniel we appreciate your time and we look forward to catching up with you in the future absolutely yeah, thank, thank you so you. much thank you gary thank you for today thank you so much for having me on the show and can't wait to see petrie in, in, in the draft here coming up awesome man there he goes daniel kelly coming up next here on the bears illustrated podcast we'll let you hear from baylor ad mac rhodes into the Bears Illustrated Podcast. Garrett Ross here with you. And uh, as we spoke to earlier, I was able to catch up with Baylor AD Mac Rhodes earlier this week. And we talked on a, a wide variety of topics, but there were two things I really wanted to, to share with you all on this podcast. Um, and Pernay and I touched on it in segment one. Uh, one of the things is the Baylor students, athletes, being able to receive uh, a, a really a reward, an academic reward of almost $6,000 for their performance. Uh, so that's something Mac touched on. And another thing I wanted to, to get his opinion on is streaming. We hear all the time about, you know, look at the Major League Baseball. They're getting involved with Apple TV, and there's more and more streaming options out there, and, and more conferences are even looking at it as well. So I wanted to get his pulse on the matter at hand and, and see if there's a point within maybe the next decade or so where streaming completely takes over. And, you know, we see it right now where more and more podcasts are popping up and slowly replacing uh, what you're seeing with traditional radio. Uh, we're not watching regular TV as much. You know, we're on the go a lot. Uh, so that's really something that a lot of, you know, Baylor kind of jumped out in front of it or the Big 12 in general kind of jumped out in front of it with the uh, Big 12 now because that's essentially streaming every game and you're going to see more and more programs do this as well. So those are a couple of the things I wanted to, to touch base with Mac, get his opinion, and let y'all hear. So here's what Mac had to say about the new academic eligibility and the benefits that players can get. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
Mac, and speaking of those GPAs, how does that correlate and go hand-to-hand with the new uh, academic reward plan that y'all have in place for the student-athletes? Yeah, that's a, that's a great, great question. And, and so, you know, as, as, as you know, the, the Austin versus, versus NCA, um, the, the outcome is we're, we're, we're able to provide a, an academic award to our student-athletes of $5,980 annually. And so we, we set up a system criteria, um, you know, certain ac- academic requirements that, that, that student athletes have to, have to meet. And, you know, we'll, we'll take that, that amount and, and divide it by two and, and issue, you know, a, a check after the fall semester. Um, if, if they meet the, the criteria and then do it once again in the summer for the, for the spring semester. And so we're, we're excited to do that. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I think our, our student athletes, um, are excited about it as, as, as well. Um, and, you know, I'm, a, I, I appreciate that, that we here at Baylor have the ability to, to do that. Um, you know, I mentioned yesterday to somebody, it's, it's about a $2.1 million per year in investment. And again, happy to, happy to do it, um, but but now you know just trying to navigate all all of the other things that are that are happening uh, as well. There he is. That's Mac Rhodes, and you know it's really interesting to see. And I think this is me and Pernay were talking about this earlier, but I feel like this is something in a way for Baylor to really get ahead of the curve, uh, being a smaller school and not having the funding of some of these statewide schools. So it's going to be interesting to see if they can really capitalize on this, and I think they can. But getting to the streaming part, it, Mac has a has a really unique answer here, and. I want y'all to just take a listen to what he had to say. Mac, we've talked a lot about some of the, the new elements and transitions in sports. Another one on the horizon is streaming, the emergence of streaming and how it's coming to the forefront. Do you Can you see a point within maybe the next decade or so where schools like Baylor and, and across the nation in general will make the full transition to strictly streaming instead of traditional aspects? Yeah, that's a great – it's a it's a fascinating question, and uh, – I think, you know, first and foremost, I think there's always going to be a place for, for linear television. And so the, the actual, you turn to a station on, on direct TV or, or grande communications, right. And, and you're going to have a, a dedicated channel. And so I, I think that will, that will always uh, be, be present. And, and that's where, you know, when you think about the, the TV contracts and the, and the money, all of it, majority of it is 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 tied to 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 linear linear television um and but but i do think you know the the digital space obviously is is has been gaining traction and i think when you when you see like amazon get into you know college sports and and potentially apple apple tv obviously you know espn with espn plus and, and you know in the in the big 12 now um with with Amazon and, and Apple TV, you're starting to see that that digital platform monetized. Um, and in in my opinion, the first time that that it's really uh, been monetized, and 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 there's this this actual money value to it. And so I think that's going to continue to grow. And so when you you think about the Big Twelve and its new TV deal post 2025, I think it's going to be a combination um, of probably you know. Um, a couple different, you know, linear television providers, and then hopefully, you know, some some uh, 
some digital, big time digital um, partnerships um, when when you think about when you think about that space. That's all the time we have today for this episode. We appreciate you tuning in as always. We appreciate you subscribing and be a part of uh, what we do. We couldn't do this without you. But uh, until next time, this has been the Bears Illustrated podcast. New CBS Monday. NCIS is back. We need all hands on deck. So grab your gear. NCIS! And join our elite team. What about the charges? Murder. New cases to be solved. Double tap to the chest. Same caliber as the murder weapon. And new criminals to catch. That's the bomb maker. Where's the bomb? A new NCIS, Monday, 9, 8 central, on CBS and streaming on Paramount+.